Today's podcast is brought to you by Lander. Based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. Uh, you know, just for being a listener to today's podcast, what we're going to do is give you a free trial. All you got to do is go to Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You go there, you're going to get a free trial, two free MP3s actually of your master. Uh, check it out. Let us know how you like the service. And uh, once you do, simply tweet me and um, tweet Lander and, le- and tell us about your experience you know it's a very great thing that's going on right now um and they're they're also even testing out um a a new desktop version um uh, of the service so you you know um we're we're actually uh testing that that out right now currently um i don't even know if i'm supposed to tell you guys that but um I apologize if that's incorrect, but uh, just, you know, I'm letting you guys in on a little secret. So, yes, uh, that that is in the planning uh, stages. And, you know, hopefully um, if that goes well, uh, you guys will get the opportunity to have that new um you know, capability. But in the meantime, go to lander.com, L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You go there, you're going to get that free trial. Um, and it's very simple. And really what it does, it shows that you're supporting this straight out the damn podcast. Um, and it also shows that you're supporting Lander. So we appreciate it. And I definitely appreciate it. Uh, so, you know, this week's podcast, um, we were actually off site. Um, I had the opportunity to interview, um, Earth Gang. Now, um, for those that may be unfamiliar with Earth Gang, they are an Atlanta duo um, consisting of Johnny Venus and Dr. Dot. Um, they, they've been on the the, um, the scene here in Atlanta for a couple of years, man. I actually first came across their music, um, I think in like 2013 it was. Um, and since then, man, I've really been a fan of what they've been doing and, and just following their movement and, and everything that's going on. And so I had the opportunity to sit down with them, man, for uh, for about a half an hour. And uh, we went over some some great things, you know, just really their journey um, in music and talking about their, their upcoming project, um, Strays with Rabies, that's dropping uh, November 6th. So um, it was a great conversation. And really, you know, the focus of the conversation really was just pulling away from the pack. Um, that's that's that that was my tone and the vibe that I wanted to go is just to show how, you know, two guys from Atlanta had a vision and they're, and they're really breaking out and doing things their own way. And, you know, that's how they're able to, you know, kind of stand out on their own too. And really, you know, just a, something that, that one of them said was like, you know, man, we've been on like three or four major tours and they're indie. So um, a very motivating story um, from anybody in any point of your career. And I think just, you know, hearing it from these two, um, catching them kind of early on, you know, they have a lot, a lot of career left. You know, the, this is just the early stages, man. So just to see where they're at in such a small um, and short period of time, um, it's just proven that, you know, sometimes if you just do things the way that you want to do them and have a true vision and a goal in mind, um, you really can make it far in this game. So we're, we're going to definitely get into that interview. But um, before I, I go there, um, earlier I did put a message up on, on social media and, you know, I just wanted to express that I want to reach out to the fans, um, of the podcast and listeners to the podcast. And, and I know that I haven't talked, um, asked those questions in a while. And, you know, I just simply put out there, you know, is there any questions, concerns, any thoughts, um, anything that you wanted me to specifically go over, um, on this podcast. And I got, I got a lot of feedback. Um, and, and I definitely want to share all of those things, um, with you very interesting questions um from a couple of people uh the first one came from Kadidra uh Davidson um shout out to her uh she runs a very dope um magazine right now and it's actually it's an online mag and it's a print uh magazine but very dope um and it's called uh BNG mag um I've actually had an opportunity to be featured in there. Uh, well, excuse me, not featured. I, I've had an ad placed in there. And then a couple of the artists that I've worked with in the past have been featured in there, like Div and um, um, the homie J. Coop. Uh, definitely just a dope mag. And it's really a lot of the people that I have relationships with, you know, she's reached out to and done interviews with and, and, and featured covers and things of that nature. And it's just really showing... Um, you know, starting at that point and, and really building something. She has a, a very dope brand and something that um, I, I, I put, you know, a stamp of approval on. Um, I, I really appreciate what she's doing for the culture. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, Khadija. But here's her question. Um, 
Khadidra. I'm, I don't know if I said her name right either. And if I said it wrong, I apologize. Um, we have we've never met personally, but you know, all, online. But what you do need to know is is uh, BNG Mag. So I, I apologize to her if I said your name wrong. But um, her question was, do you think Auto Tune is destroying hip hop? And, and you know that that's a it's a very good question, you know what I mean? And, and honestly, it's, it's one of those questions that, you know, of course, it's, it's, it's subjective, you know what I mean? It, it's going to depend on the person who's answering it. But but for me, um, do I think auto-tune, do I think it's destroying hip-hop? No. I think the overuse of it um, may be tainting and, and really... Um, I guess you can say time stamping hip hop, right? And, and what I mean by time stamping is, is really just you, you're going to know 10 or 15 years from now exactly um, the years when you hear, you know, music like, you know, maybe Future and um, even T-Pain or, you know, um, artists, you're going to know when that time was, you know what I mean? Like you're going to instantly come back to it. And and there's nothing wrong with putting a timestamp on hip hop, but the, the issue at hand is when, you know, a tool like autotune that's been used, not just in hip hop, it's been used in music forever. You know what I mean? Um, most of the time it's just been used very, very seldomly, but also, um, you know, just slight correction, like used in its proper way. And, and, and for those that don't know, like autotune simply is a tool that will help you if you're singing um, and you may miss a note or you may, you know, slightly sing um, out of pitch or, you know, out of tune. It, it will correct that for you, hence the name autotune. So, it'll, you know, if you're singing some notes and you may have missed one note, it'll, it'll kind of put that in place for you and just tighten vocals. That's really what it's used for, to, to, to tighten vocals. And at some period of time, um, of course, we, we all know that T-Pain, um, the, the, the I guess the quote-unquote T-Pain effect, uh, which was really used a lot in, in pop music, too. If you go and listen to some of the early Britney Spears stuff, you can hear the effect um, throughout her music. But most of the time, it's used kind of like in a, in a certain part of the song, you know, just to kind of end a verse or something like that. Or on a bridge, you might hear it um, in pop music. Um, but uh, it, it came over to hip-hop, you know, um, you know, with, with T-Pain. And what T-Pain did was genius at the time because no one really thought about doing it that way, kind of over-sensationalizing um, it and, you know, really making making it into an instrument. That's what he did, you know. Um, and for, for that, I definitely respect it because um, he brought a new sound um, to music that, that just wasn't being used uh, the way that he chose to use it. Um, and we, we later found out over time that, hey, T-Pain really can sing. So it wasn't that he needed the auto-tune. It was really more so he used it as an instrument and a tool to, um, you know, really get the focus going, going for the music. Um, but, you know, go back to, to your original question. Um, I don't necessarily think that it's destroying hip hop. I, I really think that um, it's just being used way too much. And it's, it's been used to the point now where it's, it's not even being used as a creative tool. It's kind of been used as a crutch, in my opinion. You know, um, a lot of artists are feeling like, hey, that's the sound. That's what people are doing. So I'm going to do it, too. And in hopes that my music will sound somewhat similar to uh, what's being played on the radio right now or what's being, you know, um, received easily uh, by the masses. So a lot of people are doing that just, you know, just in hopes to get on, you know. And so that that's what I think it is really about. I don't think that it's going to destroy the music. Of course, if we keep going in the same um, direction, eventually um, something will have to change. But as of right now, I don't think it's destroying it. I just think that it's being used way too much and, and not being used in a creative sense. It's just really like, you know, I heard a song earlier, actually, I was going through some submissions and I just heard a song where a guy was just like, it was flat out awful. Um, and, and, you know, it was just like, Okay, this is what everybody else is doing. I'm gonna make this this trap sound, this trap feel, and I'm just gonna, you know, do whatever on it in, in hopes that it's gonna, you know, evoke some type of emotion out of somebody, and hopefully, you know, it turns to one of those records that people fall in love with. Um, and it happens, you know what I mean. And, and it's not necessarily saying that, um, you know, 
it's a bad thing, but it's just more so of like, what's your motives? You know, do you want to sound like everybody else? Do you want to um, overuse something that's been used and really drugged in the ground at this point? Um, you know, where where did that leave you in, in a couple of years when we move on from that sound? You know, is it something that you're kind of stuck in that one place because it's no longer there. You know what I mean? So that's just something to think about. I, I don't think that it's destroying it. I just really think that people are overusing it and, and they're not being using it in a creative way anymore. It's just kind of, you know, it's, it's almost becoming like how you are used to walking in the studio and seeing somebody with Pro Tools. It's it's becoming that to where, you know, it's it's I hate to say it, it's almost like the industry standard now to have some type of auto-tune on a rap song. Um, and like I said, that's just, you know, if you're using it creatively, I, I get it. I, I love it and appreciate it. A lot of R&B right now is using it very creatively. Um, like the the song that's that comes to mind is the, the, the uh, Tory Lanez record, um, Say It. Um, he definitely used auto-tune in there, but it's done in a creative way and, and it, it creates a sound and it's a it's a definitely a, a dope vibe um to the to the song and, and he made it to to something that's so relatable to everyone and and it evokes that emotion and everybody you have no choice but to to move to that record you know what i mean so if it's done creatively i'm all for it but if it's just too much uh no so i don't think it's destroying hip-hop but i i'm definitely tired of hearing it <laughs> i'll put it like that um now, I, dev- I got another question that came from the homie uh, Jay Bunkers. He's a producer, uh, singer, songwriter. Uh, he does quite a few things. Um, and he actually wrote this on, I think this was on Instagram. Uh, his question was, let's see, uh, talent versus gimmick, and which one holds more weight in today's industry? Now, that that's actually a, a great question, um, and, and I've talked about this. I've talked about it a couple of times. Um, just in my opinion, talent will always trump gimmicks, just like hard work will always trump talent you know what i mean like it is it's just that simple the harder you work it doesn't matter how talented you are it will trump that any time any day of the week somebody that's going hard and working 12 hours a day um on music will beat out the most talented person that's only working an hour a day on the music it's it's just that's how it is you know what i mean the hard work is gonna last but at the end of the day the talent will will definitely trump the gimmicks now just to use an example a real life example of a gimmick would be somebody that's coming out like okay we'll we'll talk about the biggest i think gimmick that's right now that i actually love and support um the artist Lil Dicky, he made this record is save save a lot, um, a save save money record or whatever, right? Where the the basic concept of it is to make the most epic video that you possibly can and spend absolutely no money. So he went around and, you know, he knocked on doors of people with mansions and asked them, can they shoot a video there? And, you know, eventually he got it and, and Rich Homie Kwan and um uh Fetty Wap is on the record. And, you know, he just did all these things. He went and actually got, speaking of T-Pain earlier, he actually got into T-Pain's video and kind of did a cameo and used, um, you know, all of T-Pain's extras and dancers and cars and all that. He kind of used that as a backdrop to film his own video while it was going on at the same time. So uh, he did all of these things to kind of make this epic video. And, and to me, it, it is a gimmick, but I, I get it and I appreciate it because I'm all for saving money. Uh, anybody that have a personal conversation with me know I, I, I've never really been a fan of sens- uh, sensationalizing, like making, um, acting like you have all of this and all of that and going to blow all that money. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of being able to set up your family um, for the future. So like my grandkids don't have to worry about working. You know what I mean? That's, that's where I'm at with it. Um, so I'm all about saving and paying off debt and all that stuff. So I love the concept of the video, but the truth is on on surface, it is gimmicky, you know? Um, Now, somebody like that, I'm sure he already has in his mind a plan, right? He he has a marketing background. He worked in advertising. So for him, he knows that it's a gimmick, but he's using that gimmick to kind of work, you know, get his foot in the door and kind of work around it and, and have a, a prolonged career. But the truth is most people that come with gimmicks is not a, a very smart gimmick like he's doing. It's more so um, very gimmicky when it comes to the music, like, like we said earlier with the question of auto-tune 
um, and the and you know just the overuse of it. You know, people come in and they they might make records that's talking about popping bottles or you know uh, drinking lean or doing all this stuff just because it's popular. But the thing is, if you just really look it, it, at the end of the day, the numbers don't lie, right? So if we look at the people that are really successful in this game and has been successful for a number of years, we're not talking about two years and they're out, you know, two or three years and they're out. We're talking about people that has sustained um, for 10 plus years in this game. If you look at that, all of those people are people that are truly talented. And, and, um, and, and if we're just looking at hip hop, we're talking about people who are actually lyricists. Like, I mean, you can put the Jay-Z's in there. You can put, you know, the, the Rick Ross in there. You can put, um, you know, the Nas in there. Um, you can put Lil Wayne in there. You know what I mean? Even though Lil Wayne had part gimmick stuff, Lil Wayne at the core is a hip hop head and a dope rapper. At the end of the day, he's a lyricist. He can he can really write, you know what I mean? And so um, talent will always be here, man. When those gimmicks are over with, when you're, it, it's kind of like when things become um, not the trend anymore, you know, um, what's going to be here? jeans and a t-shirt jeans and a t-shirt or jeans and a collar shirt will never go out of style i don't care how you want to put it it was in style when your grandmother was growing up it, it was in style when your mom was growing up it's in style when you're growing up and it's gonna be in style when your kids grow up jeans and a t-shirt you will never be able to go wrong with it right so that's something that's gonna look at jeans and a t-shirt as talent talent is consistent talent will be here now your um you know very tight jeans or or even let's look at the opposite side, very baggy jeans, you know what I mean? Or um, people walking around wearing, you know, okay, it was at one point in time, we'll, we'll say hats are very fashionable. Now it's uh, strap back, you know, um, that wasn't popular at one period of time. Like at one, <laughs> growing up as a kid, we hated getting those for our baseball teams. Like we wanted a fitted cap because the major league people, you know, teams wore fitted caps. And even in college, everybody had a fitted cap. And, but now, you know, strap backs came in style and now everybody has a strap back. And, and you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's the consistency. So talent, just think of talent that's consistent. It's going to be here. You know what I mean? There's there are going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be some people that are super talented that will not be as successful as, as some of the gimmicky people in, in, in waves in different periods. But that person with the talent will be here longer. You know, like, for example, somebody who's gimmicky may come out the gate and make, you know, a realistic number here. They may make two million dollars right in their first year. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like with, you know, with sports, you know what I mean? Like. NFL players, you wonder why like some NFL players go broke. Well, the average NFL player only plays about two to four years in the NFL. And so you're looking at trying to sustain a lifetime off of four year salary. So in four years, the money that you made, you're trying to live off of that for like being realistic the next 20 years. And it's going to be almost impossible because you probably didn't do your money right up front. Well, it's, it's the same thing, you know, like gimmicky. You may make a lot of money up front, but will you be able to sustain that and use that money the right way to leverage, you know, 20 years down the line? Well, if you got the talent, more than likely you figured out and you're here. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's just going to last. Talent's going to last like everything else. You know, it's here today, gone tomorrow. And I feel like I just quoted Drake's dad. I, I know I did, but that's that's so true. That's that's a very true statement. You know, talent will last over anything. But remember, hard work will trump talent any day of the week. That's why you have so many gimmicky rappers that are winning because they work hard. They work way harder than the people that are born with that raw talent. People that are that are, you know, um, you know, just naturally talented and gifted. They rely on that talent and, and give so much that they forget to actually go out and do the work. You can be the best rapper in the world, but if you don't take the time out to actually go to the studio and record, no one will hear it. You know what I mean? So with that being said, like, yeah, the talent will always, always win, but you got to put in that work at the same time, too. Um, let's see. We I know we had I'll try to do one more question. Um, let's see. We have here, I believe Kiyoshin, she she came with something, too. Let's see, Kiyoshin. Shout out to Kiyoshin. And we actually got a dope feature going, and I do apologize on that. We're, we're going to start something and get it. Um, it's very special for you guys. I don't want to elaborate too much because I know we're still working out the kinks and the details. Um, so she brought up something. 
Uh, and she actually elaborated on it too. Uh, her and Jay Bunker's actually going back and forth on my Instagram, but um, she just wanted to talk about the concept of capitalism and marketing and artistry and how it can be um, a chaotic combination, right? And I think that's a very dope conversation there. And, and that might be something that we have to go into a little more detail in. I don't know if we'll have the time. But just to really break it down and really give um, just my thoughts on it, you know, at the end of the day, capitalism is we're in America. So capitalism is always going to be key. You know, at the end of the day, you want to make money. If you're not trying to make money in this business, you should leave this business. Now, I'm not saying that money has to be your motivator. Um, it, it definitely doesn't. Yeah, you know, I don't think that you should wake up thinking like, oh, I got to get this money. I got to get this money. Um, especially if you're, if you're creative, if you're creative, the, the art is something that you're passionate about and, and the output of that art is more important to you than, um, any dollar amount that you can put on it. But ultimately, if you're in this music business, business is about capitalism. Capitalism is about money. So you do want to get paid for it. Um, the thing is, with all of this and you know there there are things that will have to be done in order to make money in this business some of those things will be things that you may not want to do and some of those things that are going to cause you to make a choice you're either going to have to make that choice to go along with it or you're going to make that choice to walk away and along with making that choice to go along or walk away a uh, uh, course coming with that you're either going to go along and make money or you're going to walk away and not make any money but you may keep your integrity right so um there there's so many things and, and how that can truly be a chaotic combination is it, simply that you know a lot of people will get into the point where like let's just be honest like most of the people that maybe listen to this podcast, you are artists and you know that you've been in this game for a while. You know, I, I don't know too many artists that has been rapping for, you know, less than two years. Most people that are serious about their craft, they've they've been pursuing rap or, or you know, pursue, pursuing music for at least, you know, five, anywhere between that five and 10 year, you know, um, range, you know, and that's on any level, whether you're a rapper, singer, producer, um, songwriter, you know, most people are in that five to 10 year range before they actually catch a break and, and really see some type of financial, um, gain on, on their work. Right. So at some point in time in your journey, you're going to come along that crossroads where it's like, man, do I say no to this opportunity? Um, because I'm struggling out here, I need a check. Or do I say yes to an opportunity that's not really good, um, but it's going to put some money in my pocket? And, and at that point, you kind of have that the friction of figuring, you know, figuring out integrity versus like, hey man, I got to get paid. And and you know, just for me using myself as an example, I've came across that crossroads many times in my career. Like I started as a producer, and there's been times where I've been offered you know crazy deals that that look good on on, on the surface, but you know any lawyer or any person just really looking at it can tell that it's not a good deal. But it would have put some temporary money in my pocket when I was really struggling out here. You know what I mean? And this is like oh seven oh eight when. All I had was music and, you know, just to be honest, the money wasn't rolling in like that. You know what I mean? So, you know, I had choices. I was like, oh, I can take this $10,000 check here and be a, um, you know, a, a in-house producer for this company. But, you know, the contract was saying like, hey, if you sign this 10 grand, you know, for this 10 grand, we are going to own, you know, 50% of your publishing. We're going to, you know, it, it's an exclusive deal. So you would have to work only with us. You couldn't go out and work with anybody else. And I was like, well, that's not, you know, that's not a good deal for me. You know, yeah, it would have put 10000 $10,000 in my pocket at that time would have been great. You know, I was flat broke, you know, um, but, you know, $10,000 is not life-changing money. I, I always say that if the money is not life-changing, you know, you got to walk away. Um, it's just not, it's not really worth it if it's not life-changing money. And life-changing money to me is, is not, you know, a couple of thousand dollars, you know, it's not even really a couple of hundred thousand dollars, honestly. Like you, you really got to talk about something where I can literally walk away from any job that I may have. Here, here's something, and this is just extra for you guys, but Think about it like this, life-changing money defined by Jay Good is straight out the dent. Um, any dollar amount that you can put after you paid off all your debt, any dollar amount that I can literally live off the interest for the rest of my life. So if the interest can supplement whatever job that you have, then that's life-changing money. 
So here's the perfect example, right? If you say you're um, $20,000 in debt, that might include student loans and credit card debt, whatever. $20,000 in debt. If somebody offers you a deal for, you know, $1.2 million, that's that's $1,200,000, right? So at that point, you can pay off all your debt. There's That's about... Um, you know, that 20,000, so that'll leave you with 1,180,000 if, if, um, if I did my math right. And so from that, you know, maybe you take that 180,000 and you can literally handle any, um, immediate, um, things that you need to handle. Like, Hey, maybe I need new housing. Um, maybe I need a new car, you know, um, maybe I need, um, you know, new space, new, new, any, you know, capital for my business. So 180,000 capital for your business. And so that, that, that million can literally sit in the interest bearing account drawing, you know, on average five to 6% um, interest, and that'll pay you 50 to $60,000 a year, just off the interest of that $1 million. Now that's life changing because Anybody that's, you know, dealing with music right now, um, you're probably not making fifty to sixty thousand dollars that you're you're nine to five that you're working. You know, more than likely you're not. I mean, you may be and if the, I'm not trying to knock your job, but more than likely you're not making fifty to sixty thousand dollars. So for me, a deal that's a one point two million dollar deal may be life changing money for you because you can literally, you know, live minimum and and still be successful. Sixty thousand dollars a year to, to get paid to do what you love to do. Um, I don't, I don't see what's wrong with that. And no, you won't be that that millionaire. You won't be that that guy that you know can go out and buy all this stuff. But you'll have capital for your business and you'll have a salary that you're paying yourself. You never have to worry about working a job again. That's life changing money. Now on the the, the flip side of that, a hundred thousand dollars. After you pay off twenty thousand dollars in debt, you got eighty thousand dollars left. Now you're going out here, and you're probably going to splurge on stuff. And you know, even if you put that eighty thousand dollars in the bank, it's not going to draw enough interest to supplement your income from the job that you could have did that nine to five and made the same amount of money. So that's something to think about. That's to me, that's life changing money. And I know we we went way deep on all of that, but I just felt like I needed to get that out for you. Um, just something to think about because I, I know that that stuff happens all the time and people, you know, end up in bad deals because of desperation. That's really what it is. Labels feed off of your desperation. So as long as you're desperate, you will get a crappy deal. Um, so yeah, you know, that, that's just, that's it. Um, and, and I do, I kind of want to just read off of this stuff here that um, Kai and um, Jay Bunker was going. So Kai said, worrying about money, deadlines, and production can stifle the creative process. The industry side of the art and music is unrealistically demanding. Um, I've seen artists act in desperation to keep up with the fast-paced, insta-everything lifestyle we live in, and it affects the quality of work and usually ends up burning them out. Um, and she also said, like, of course, this depends on the person. Uh, but if you miss one summer and, and of what work, people will assume you fell off, which is absolutely true. It's crazy. We're in a fast-paced society right now where you literally have to drop a project, a visual, something <laughs> pretty much every month or you will be forgotten about. Um, and she really just re- related to her. She's a painter. She's a visual artist. Um, and she was just saying in her case, you know, she's painting on commission for money and she'll really be working on something else. Um, she still care about her, com- her commissions, but creativity for the money is still uh, stifling the ne- uh, still is a stifling necessity. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's good stuff. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. So, I, you know, that's just a little bit. I know we, we kind of went off subject a little bit, but I just wanted to kind of open up the floor for conversation and, um, you know, have some type of dialogue to, to really, you know, give you guys something else to talk about. You know, I didn't really have a subject that I wanted to focus on this week. I really just wanted to open the floor for you guys to have, you know, whatever talk that you wanted to have. And um, hopefully I, I answer those questions. Good. Um, now, I, I will ask this last one from the homie Layla Martinez. Um, she said, do you think hip hop should keep its original culture? Or do you think artists like myself that has the passion for hip hop, but also various um, various and other genres create their art is taboo for hip hop. Um, I mean, here's the thing about hip hop, right? Truly, the true form of hip hop, you know, if we really go way back at the beginning, you, you know, you have the DJing aspect, you have um, the orative or the emceeing, you, you have graffiti, uh, which is the, the, the visual art side, you have b-boying, the breaking and the dancing. So you have that side. And, and, and of course, you have like the actual um 
you know, the knowledge, the culture, you know, actually learning about it. So if you really think about hip hop in that that form, you're basically it's culture. You know what I mean? It's a way of life. It's how you feel. It's how, you know, what hip hop, you literally wake up in the morning. You can be hip hop the way you wake up in the morning or the way you dress. All, all of these things are, you know, forms of, of, of hip hop is really um, the youth expressing themselves. Um you know, through all of those different mediums that we just talked about. So um, to answer your question, Layla, and for those that don't know, Layla, Layla is, is a dope singer, songwriter, um, artist. She does, she has her own unique style and she does things her own way. And, and she's an artist that I've worked with for years. And we, a lot of times we bump heads because of creativity. Like she wants to do things that I necessarily don't want to do. And sometimes I'm right and sometimes she's right. And that's just our partnership. Like we, we, bump head on things but we know that at the end of the day um it's it's for the betterment of the project you know what i mean and so i, I think we the the beauty of our relationship is she allows me to to kind of you know do what i do and i allow her to do what i do and we kind of meet in the middle on, on you know on certain certain things um but to answer her question you know having that passion for hip-hop i think you just bring it out in whatever you want to do you know what i mean i, I don't think that you should um necessarily focus on genre uh, specifically i know for sometimes it's it's easier to do that so if somebody can place you in a certain market like sometimes if people don't understand you it, they will box you out um, because they don't know where to place you and if people don't know where to place you you can be pigeonholed in this industry where um, you know, the, the truth is people want to make money. And so if they can't figure out where to place you to make the best um, amount of return on their investment as possible, then you can get lost out here. You know what I mean? If they don't know if you're a, uh, a singer or if they don't know if you're a rapper, if they don't know if you're a songwriter or a producer, it's kind of hard to get placed in certain places. So um, I think that blending that 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 line of hip hop and everything else it's great for hip hop itself, but you, you just have to keep in mind that um, if you do too much blending of those genres without a real plan in place, then you can kind of get lost out here. So I, I say at the end of the day, you know, figure out your sound and whether that that your sound is hip hop, whether your sound is pop, whether it's, you know, jazz, whatever, figure out your sound, figure out your audience and then attack them aggressively. You know, don't focus on necessarily um who's going to like it, you know, once you figure out who you are as an artist, just attack the people that like that, you know what I mean? So um, even if you have to, you figure out your voice and you're like, oh, you know, if you got to look at artists that that may be compared to you in a sense, then that's cool. There's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, you can kind of give, give yourself some type of um, direction, but once you do that, then you got to go and research those artists and research their, their fan base and find out the places that they're hanging. Find out, find out, you know, the music that they, um, the you know, the places that they frequent, the, you know, the, the fans that they may have and, and, and focus on that and try to see if you can attack that aggressively. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, there's so many people out here that love music. You just got to figure out who loves you, you know? So that's that. Hopefully I answered that question good enough, Layla. Um, I, I, I do appreciate all the questions that are coming in. Um, unfortunately, I know we have a time limit here, so I can't get everything. If you do send me any questions, um, and this is for the people that are replying back to stuff on Twitter and, and Instagram and, and Facebook, if you are sending a question after this, I will be sure to get it in on, on next week's episode. Um, but I, I do want to make sure that I um, just bring you guys up to speed. Like I said before, we will be speaking with Earth Gang. Um, very dope conversation. Um, and, and they go over everything, you know, and, and that we could in, in the 30 minutes that we, we had together. But from the beginning, um, all the way up to their Strays with Rabies um, album that's dropping November 6th. So, and, and the first single, AWOL, and working with like Justice League. There's so many gems in here. So many gems and so many uh, stories. And they gave like um, some, some great tips on what you should not do on tour uh, you guys just have to skim through it and, and find that listen to the whole thing don't skim through but listen to the whole thing um, but before I go there I do want to say thank you to um, thank you to Ty she set this up um, and, and I do appreciate you Ty for, for doing that uh, Ty thank you to Ty and Trey Media um, for having just a nice space to, to let us use that space and, um, you know, having the clients there and having us to able to, to speak with them, um, in the setting that they're in. So thanks again to Ty and thanks to Trey Media. Um, uh, the, they're great. They're great all the way around. So, uh, yeah, before we get into the interview though, uh, I do want to remind you about Lander. Lander is the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. Based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first 
They're the first. That means they're number one. So look, just for being a listen to this podcast, all you got to do is go to lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R dot com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You go there, you're going to get a free trial. Everybody likes free. You can't beat free. There's no obligation to pay. All you got to do is go and sign up. They're going to give you two free MP3s. And what? let me really break it down to you what that does. It really shows that you guys are listening to the podcast. The, the, the more of you guys that go over to Lander and use the free trial, just sign up. It shows Lander like, hey, man, these people are really listening to what you got to say. And we appreciate you. And look, I love doing this thing here. I love giving you guys this content week after week. And we've been very consistent. Um, you guys haven't missed um, a week yet. It's a lot of work, you know what I mean? And so, um, we, hey, it is what it is. You know, in order for us to keep doing this, man, I, I really need you guys to help us out. So help me out, help you out, get the free trial. It's worth it. Um, it's so worth it. And, and you'll hear the difference in your music um, once you just try mastering, mastering at an affordable um, affordable rate. So uh, once again, it's lander.com, L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Um, but yeah, without further ado, here's the interview with Earth Gang. Shout out to Johnny Venus and Dr. Dot. Hey, so what's going on, man? It's Jay Good, straight out to Dan.com. Um, <laughs> send in with, with the homies, uh, Johnny Venus and Dr. Dot. You. Better Earth known Gang. collectively as Earth Gang. Woo. What's going on, fellas? How y'all what's doing? What's happening? Cool, man. So, like, I want to start at, like, the beginning, like, my introduction to you guys, right? So, it was um, maybe, like, 2013. I was late to the party. You know what I'm saying? 2013, and I was following Scotty at the time. ATL. Scotty ATL. Shout Scotty. And um, following Scotty found me at Drunken Unicorn, mm-hmm. and... I think y'all were opening up. Yeah, well, see, I you know remember that show. Rocking Unicorn, right? I remember that show. I got some footage of that. I would love to show y'all, too. It's like, it's like some horrible camera footage, like camera phone footage, and the audio, you can't hear anything, but you can see. And the lighting, y'all know how dr- Drunken Unicorn is. The lighting is horrible there and everything. But y'all perform. And I, I remember y'all performing uh, Machete, and I can't remember the other record that y'all performed, but it was that record that, like, caught my attention and I was like yo who is this you know what I'm saying because my my intention was there like I said I was there for Scotty mm-hmm. so I was kind of like anybody else was there it was like an added bonus mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. I saw y'all and the energy that y'all had on stage that night was on some light we supposed to be here mm-hmm. and so that that's the part that caught my attention so you know kind of take us back to that night what do y'all guys remember about that that night specifically I remember that night I remember, yeah, you remember that night bro. I remember mean, that was the first time we actually even had a real conversation with Scotty uh, was that night. And uh, I remember we had, like, people coming to the show that, like, we had, like, friends from, like, college and shit coming mm-hmm. to that show. It was, like, it was a weird, it was a weird show. I don't even know how we got put on with that show. I just know we, they had us on there. Mm-hmm. And we all went ahead and opened up. And then, like, it's crazy. Like, the following year, around that time of year, we was on tour with Absol. Uh, I remember, man. <laughs> like, I remember that night, man. But yeah. I remember 2013, man. Yeah. In 2013 was the Chitlin' Circuit, bro. Like, we did any little bar, any little club, any little thing in Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. bro. We was there, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And we was hitting that bitch with the Fury. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with yeah. the motherfucking Fury, bro. And I, like, that's why I said, like, I, like, it's some drunken unicorn shows. So I remember, man, we was just like, man, we about to kill this shit. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to Apache, you know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't wasting no time. But, like, even that whole little, that time period, it was just like us doing those, those records that we had because I don't even think Shallow Graves with Toys was out then. No, they no, no. Had just it wasn't. Out of song. Yeah. But like, because Machete's on Shallow Graves, mm-hmm. but like, we knew that we had some shit cooking up. Like, we knew we had this Shallow Graves was coming. It was like, man, so we're going to perform this shit like this shit's already out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the yeah. shit is in the airway. We're going to perform it like that. And so that's how, that's how we approached it. You know, talk a little bit about, about that, that record, Machete, man, because it's, for me, when I hear it, I mean, I'm from, I grew up in Macon, Georgia, man. So okay. it's like, we all like, we from the dirt, you yeah, know what I'm yeah, So yeah. records like that, I instantly connected, like, you know, the story about your granddad and everything like that. And I'm thinking about my granddad, like sitting on the front porch, yelling at people, you know, in his yard and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like I see that. And so I connected with that record, you know, even though the story was a little bit different, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just talk about that record and, and the inspiration behind that. and why you guys chose to make a record specifically like 
with that because it, it, it had the, the the beat was something that was more familiar to people, mm-hmm. but the content was something like, oh, oh okay, this is something else, you know? Yeah, I mean? man, we made that song. Shout out to Chris Fresh, produced. We was actually in like he had a little studio that he was working out of uh, in little Five Points at okay. the time. And we yeah. just happy. We just going over there. Yeah, like everybody used to be through there, bro. Like the whole scene. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody who be who like blowing up right now. Yeah. Like we always be just hanging around each other wearing t-shirts and shit. Like, <laughs> like needs you just be in that at that, that house though. Like I don't know who lived. There. I know Blair stayed there, and I think maybe maybe Fresh stayed there sometimes. <laughs> like niggas, niggas, just, random niggas just live there. It's just a little house like across from like across from Ragarama. From Ragarama, it's like a little like it's like a little house back there. Like okay. it's like a little. Whatever you wouldn't even guess it was a house if you didn't know you was up in there like a little apartment or whatever. But it, we was we used to go in there and like one day he played a beat and then he gave it to us and we left and then came back a couple of days later. Like I never forget when I first was like even writing that, that little the little hook or whatever. I was actually uh, I was I was at work. I was at a job. I was working. Uh, where I had to like I had a job where I would sign kids up for the Boy Scouts. I wasn't never really a, like a, a scout or nothing. But I used to like sign kids up at like the inner city schools or whatever. So they had paid me to do that like a couple, a couple hundred dollars whenever, you know what I'm saying, I could get some kids to sign yeah, up or whatever. So I was doing that shit. So I was doing a lot of time like riding around the schools just trying to get niggas signed up. So I was riding around when I was writing like records and shit. So I was writing that shit and I, the song came to me and I was just, I mean, that, 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 that hook came to me and then the verse just kind of happened. And I ran it by Vince and he was fucking with it on top. It was crazy because when I first ran it by a couple other people, I ran it by, I ran it by Jid. <laughs> And Jid was like, no. He was like, bro, that shit, that shit whack. Where, where, and then, and Jid's my partner. That's like my bro. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Shout out to Jid. He was like, man, I don't like that shit. That shit whack. I remember but, that nigga pulled up on me, man. That nigga called me, bro. I was in my house. That nigga yeah. pulled up on me, pulled up to the, pulled up on the driveway. Yeah, I can hear him using just blasting out the car already. Yeah. We just that sitting in the crib. Him. He like, I right, check this out, check this out, bro. Before he came, like the nigga already had the message, bro. I was yeah, just yeah. like, this nigga, this nigga got the message, bro. He got the decree, whatever it is. He spit that shit, that shit, that shit, shit by his hell. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. especially on his beat. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? And we was like, we went in there and did that shit, and then that, that was like the first song we ever did that people like ever like liked, like ever yeah, like, like connected like, with it. That song came out and went like that was like it got us verified. Like, you know what I'm saying, Pinnies was posting on all time. That got us on all like all the blog rolls and shit. Like, we was getting no attention before that record. Before that record, we put this. You right because the con the content is so you know what I'm saying contrast. We talk about you know what I'm saying black men and their granddad. Black men don't talk about their granddad that much, man. True, you know what I'm saying like yeah. they don't. And like you said, you was like you remember your granddad being out on the porch and yelling and stuff. Yeah, but it's man. like you know what I'm saying as a black man, you got the dichotomy of being able to you know what I'm saying. You got to be in check at times, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like, at any given moment, bro, I would really, like, I really let it all out. Yeah, 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 that was a country-ass nigga from Blakely, Georgia. Like, he got down, he really did have, like... <laughs> any given moment, he kept, I would reveal. Yeah, he kept weapons under everything, bro. Yeah. He had the wood paneling in the house. It'd be guns in there. Yeah. Shit, he had guns up under everything. He had machetes everywhere. Like, it was really weapons. Like, the house was lying, my G. Like, you can't, you know what I'm saying? If ever you attack them in any, around any corner, if you let him get around something, then you out. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. was always ready. That's just how he lived. You know what I'm saying? Like, you... He died. He dies the draft like successfully. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, he was yeah. like one of them kind of like wily old cats. Like, he, he, you know what I'm Yeah. You know, um, some some that you said, uh, Venus was uh, he already had the message. And, you know, and, and I'm thinking about that and, and with the music, how I know it's everything is intentional. You know, I can tell by listening. Like I haven't heard anything prior to uh, uh, Shallow Towards um, the Grave, but. I seen that you guys were, you know, doing a little research. I saw like you had released like three albums pretty much prior to that, and, uh, and, a, and an EP. And I want to call them albums, but before Shallow Grace, we were dropping like college dorm mixtapes. Okay, so, in so the explain, dorm. explain that. What's what's college dorm mixtapes like? In like you just be in somebody dorm it's trying to make music. Really, you really, that's really when you like. Well, for us, is when we was getting our feet wet because we was in high school. We couldn't. We, we was both rapping and like, you know what I'm saying, writing shit and shit, but we couldn't record like we wanted to. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? We couldn't afford that shit and we didn't even know people who had a setup like that. It wasn't like it is today where everybody got a set up yeah. at the crib. Christmas, like, man. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but Christmas, you can get everything you want, like straight up. Back then, it was yeah, hard man. to find somebody who had all the shit, bro. Gotcha. Like, especially for us, bro. Like, we wasn't, we didn't come up around no kids that had like just shit at the crib, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dirty clothes. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. like, most niggas ain't even had computers and shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, wasn't even, like, wasn't even yeah. on, on that kind of tip. So, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like, we we like, I I I know the first time I even was even around some moderate beat making equipment, the, the band director had gave something to my partner Dex, who mm-hmm. in ninth grade, and he just gave him like he gave him like some little weak ass little program, 
on the, it was on his mom's like old ass computer. That shit still had like Windows two thousand or some yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? Then, mind you, it was way after two thousand. Like we in high school. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like two thousand like seven eight on some shit. Like you know what I'm saying? It shouldn't even been that bad, but mm-hmm. that's just what it was. So we just you know what I'm saying? We just, we just do shit on that on that type of shit. What was the question? I straight forgot. Oh, oh yeah, about, but yeah, um, computers, <laughs> computers. and dorm room yeah. mixtapes. Yeah, dorm yeah, room, yeah, but yeah. like that's so that's like the early stage of like in the dorm. We was able to like really record and, and often enough to actually start to figure out a sound. So like all them early tapes, I don't regret none of them. You can put them, you can list them all you want to. They they really are reflective of our early shit. That like, you can see the evolution so yeah. powerful. But like, it was it was apparent with Shallow Toys for Grace, like y'all knew, like this is the sound that I want the people to hear. Right? Yeah, Shallow Grace was a lot more control, a lot more in yeah. our control, and we actually came in mind with, with making a project. Like some of them early projects wasn't even the intent to make a project. We was like, well, should we keep recording stuff? We might as well make right, it a project. You know, what I'm saying? Like, like, call it a project. This is what we want the yeah. people to get. I got you, man. Like now, it's a record, man, on, on it because, like I said, when I saw y'all perform, you know. I run a hip hop site, so I'm I'm looking for stuff. And um, instantly when I heard that record, I was like, okay, well, let me see what these fellas got. And you know, at the time it was that, and I think F Bone was out. That was a record. Um, People like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kicking tree lands. I think that was out. It was like a couple of. I remember like three or four records on SoundCloud, and then I um, I think that's when the project dropped. And but like the one record that I connect with like the most is the. the albinos, um, oh, the slides, albinos in the yeah. like, bro, like real talk. Uh, that record to me, like lyrically, is up there with one of the like most lyrical records ever. Man, like on some real talk, that, bro. Thank you. I wish more people listen to that song. Man, I love that song. we shot a video because we wanted more people to listen. Man, to I'm telling you, like that's a song I listen to like over and over, right? And like I'm I'm big on lyrics, and I don't know all the lyrics yet. I ain't gonna, that's you know, fine. lie to you, but a- I'm listening to the stories, right? So like even with you and like the parallels, we're talking about like. You know, talk having a conversation with God, and then like, you, you, your writing style, like you, is, is very slick. Like on the, I know I'm a misquote you like crazy, but like one line when like you get to hell, and then you find out like you, you slide in like, oh, the devil is a woman, yeah. and then you you know you can choose to have a conversation or walk away. You walk away, and she keep texting you every day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And then even with your story on your side, like it, it's the same thing. It's like finding those small little details that like. I guess because I'm a lyrics guy, like it just stick with you, and mm-hmm. just like man, these dudes here, like on another yeah, we way. De- we definitely music. try to throw in a little detail, man. Like the thing about it, like you got it's like when you, it's like painting, bro. Like you paint something, and you see something, and you want to be able to look at it again and see something else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or at least not not necessarily a whole new painting, but something else. You want you want you want to look at it, okay, have have a different thought every time you got see. You. Come back, goddamn, put a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. walk away. Hey, yeah, that's finished. what it is. It's like man, for me, dude. Like I remember. I'm a huge like Dungeon Family fan and all of that, and I remember listening to Soul Food back in the day, and like yeah, you know some of the stuff you don't know about. Then like you get older, and I remember who you're talking about. I got to deal with 1099s and W2s at the time. I ain't know yeah, what you were talking about. I'm like, about. Man, I deal with them. <laughs> I deal with them. <laughs> I deal with them. <laughs> I deal with them. I deal with them. It's that type of stuff, you know, connecting with and with y'all music. I can tell it's gonna be stuff that like you might not get it instantly, but you keep listening, and you know it's gonna it's gonna grow with you. Um, that that kind of sets the tone of where I want to go next, man, with y'all because my whole thing that I know to tell you, y'all try to make sure that y'all separate yourself from the rest of the pack. Like we in Atlanta, it's no secret Atlanta is saturated with artists, right? Like you know, crazy. It's a good and a bad thing. Yeah. So it, let's talk about the good and the bad. How do you feel that that it's a good thing? And, and it's a good thing because this shit is so amazing, bro. Like I was telling somebody earlier, like this shit is just like I just love seeing. Funny, I'm, I'm a hometown nigga. I love seeing my city come up. As as anybody should be able to understand that. But even beyond that, like, like I said, we all knew each other like early. Like a lot of these cats, like a lot of these like cats, we saw like they early shows. You know what I'm saying? Like we always here for the beginning of so many careers that are turning into these big, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. situations and businesses. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we saw. I just it's like it's, it's almost equivalent to seeing how like back in the '80s when everybody was watching niggas, or even now, shit with the, with the, with the way apps are coming like out of the valley up in North Cali. You know, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, everybody yeah. was just watching each other. Just you know, what I'm saying like they, we they all knew each other. So I heard such says working on this kind of machine. I heard such says working on this kind mm-hmm. of computer. That's how it is down here. Like I heard such says doing this type of record. But like we all know each other. We all be seeing each other. And we all have been seeing each other for years. So it's yeah. just like. 
man, like you said, it's just like being able. It's like kind of like damn Motown, bro. It, mm. it, it really is, man. And I don't, it's the only reason I don't like them comparisons is because I hate when people do comparisons and stuff. But like we listen when folks our age who don't know shit about the Motown life, yeah. listen to the niggas. You know what I'm saying? We forget that the niggas was 22, 23, and 24 singing this shit, yep. going through the same. Like, they wasn't grown-ups, you exactly. know what I'm saying, how we be feeling. They wasn't our parents' age at 50 mm-hmm. singing about this shit. Yeah, you're they right. was young people going through real life, sitting, growing and being adults, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, and making music like that that just touch folks. So it's kind of the same thing. It's like, man, we really out here, like, being grown, you know what I'm saying, even though we feeling like kids and shit, but it's like having a profound impact on other people's lives. Everybody out here just putting in their input, and, and getting and pulling out, you know what I'm saying, getting from it as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of walk us through where you guys are at now. Like, I know we have the um, the Torba EP that you dropped, it was like February, February or something like yeah. that. Yeah, was just some little shit to kick out for the pride for like the tour we was on at the time. Okay, I'm saying we, people hadn't heard of music much in a minute. We, we had let Shallow Graves go. And it was such a weird way to release people it. Love so Torba, like, people man. love Torba. Like, yeah. it's, it's really cool. You know, it's, it's surprising. It's really cool. Folk, people fuck with that shit. And the fact that we decided to, you know what I'm saying, name each track a day of the week, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it it kind of yeah. like puts itself right back into the rotation. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, that's the replay value right there. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I'm saying? So like, and so what we wanted to do was to make sure that it was light enough, you know what I'm saying, that you can continue to digest it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Not like Shallow Grace with Toys, you know what I'm saying, which is like a big meal, you know what I'm saying? You yeah, sit down yeah. and prepare for that shit if that's how you feel. But like, Toy, but you know what I'm saying, we wanted to make sure so it could just come in and you could get a, ta- a taste and, and keep it moving and like, Get back energized, you know what I'm saying? Go again. Like I, I caught that the, the um, making every day a week because I think the first record I dropped was a Monday record with mm-hmm. uh, Mac Miller, and that of course that got like a huge reception. Mm-hmm. Everybody uh, gravitated towards the record and all of that, and and I really loved that record itself. But I didn't when I saw Monday, it didn't cross my mind like, okay, y'all gonna make an album, you know, an EP with every day of the week. You know, I didn't. And then once it finally dropped, you, you got a chance to see all of that. Um, but kind of talk about just that that whole concept and connecting with you guys at that point you can pretty much you could have got anybody you know what i mean but you got mac miller somebody that's well respected in the game but also he's not like ultra famous or anything like that but it was somebody that wasn't gonna basically he wasn't gonna overshadow y'all on your own record it was like it made sense you know yeah, what i mean, mean the, the that whole thing one thing, I, that could have got anybody's statement. It's just very flattering. I appreciate you saying that. I don't know if that's true. That might be kind of true. <laughs> we just, like, we kind of be in our own world so much, bro. Yeah. We, we can never really tell if people like us or not. We just kind of hope it's all good <laughs> every time we go out. Yeah. Up, it's always how it be, bro. That's like, a good we, way to be. We some very, we be very loose, very headphones. I'm very, like, headphone savvy. Like, that's pretty much the world is here and here. And yeah. like you know what I'm saying, so I don't even, we never even can really tell if shit is good enough. So that's dope. But even beyond that, working with Matt was so organic, bro. It wasn't even like a thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, like How did we, that come about? Uh, and we was in his garage. Yeah, man. we was in like, LA. He was just chilling in his I, garage. First time in LA, he was he like, had equipment up. He had like hella, you know what I'm saying, guitars and stuff. Like mm-hmm. our manager and him, you know what I'm saying, go back. Like our manager's a good dude, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he very, did very a lot of good things there. for a lot of people, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So. Like so, the people show us love. You know what I'm saying? They reciprocated. So all we wanted was the opportunity to meet. You know what I'm saying? We weren't even trying to go out there and bang out no record, bang yeah, out. Yeah. Like man, we just get a chance to leave LA because we was out there for business anyway. Mm-hmm. Head out to Malibu, do some shit that we yeah. only see on TV. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Was my first so I'm time like, hey, we out yeah. here, nah, yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. We just cooling it, yeah. just kicking it I'm with first. Matt. You know what I'm saying? Enjoying the shit, and then over a period of time, like a couple of days and stuff, we just came out there and was kicking it, and was just. Creator, you know what I'm saying? On the spot, we just the the, the spirit just came. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a talented dude. Yeah, he's talented. Mm-hmm. Cause I can't even, I can't even not even say that on no on no on no industry shit like that. Like, bro, talented. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely talented, and he can read the talent of other people, yeah, which is a talent. Man, so, that's why I appreciate like. I, as equally as his talent is his work ethic, man, because that's the only way you get, you get better when you're talented. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? That's absolutely. the only way you get better. You can get better by remaining talented. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Y'all both mentioned like first time being in LA, and it's a record on um, on shallow. Um, Toys for Great. I don't know. Oh, what that's that, 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 that
that your music yeah, has that, made. That kind of how hard. I felt about L.A. from the beginning. Not even L.A., but, like, the things that I do. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's just certain things, it happens when it's supposed to happen, yeah. and it's right on time with, you know what I'm saying, your path. And so, like, I never used to trip on L.A., you know what I'm saying? I never felt like, you know what I'm saying? I got to get out there. Then, my, then everything could change, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Then all this shit would be easy. <laughs> like, nah, bro, if you don't do the steps you can before you get out yeah, there, it ain't going to yeah. matter. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I ain't so, always really tripping on L.A. It was yeah. fun to go, though. And the first time we went out there, we stayed for like two months. Man, like, so we just we stayed, bro. First time we went out there, our Airbnb was messed up. Like we was in this haunted house, <laughs> like for real, bro. It was a yeah, house. It was, house. It was really yeah, ghost yeah, in the house. The lady who, who who gave us the Airbnb came back in the middle of the night. She and some outrage on some tantrum. She was a talking about y'all got to get out. She, she was, was dressed very weirdly for Hollywood, bro. Hold she on, was no, dressed no. Very so you telling me like this is this is like this is last the person year. that gave y'all the person the who she came. She like, came gotta, at the crib and was like, "Y'all got to go. Y'all making too much noise." It was, part it was four of us in there. Okay, and with a computer, we had no speakers because we just got <laughs> in, there, bro. in there. Two people were asleep. So I was sleeping in the back. Definitely okay. wasn't no party. Yeah. It's almost like she realized, like, oh, oh man, on, the on. basement was flooded. The base, like the basement, because we was just yeah. upstairs on the, on this level. But the basement, we oh, we just trying to see what the house like. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Most of the Airbnbs be lost or whatever. But like, the basement was flooded, man. So we just saying all this to say that LA wasn't no cakewalk. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like LA was a grind, just like everything. We expect everything to be, but it's you know what I'm saying in order to 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 bring shit into fruition. Got you, got you. So, you know, that kind of brings us up to um, the new project that's in the works. You know what I mean? I know y'all released a single, the uh, AWOL single. Mm-hmm. Um, before I really get into that, explain that artwork. Like, to me, I know that's like Beavis and Butthead, like, inspired, right? I, I, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People picked it up. You know what I mean? So, like, why make, you know what I mean, artwork like that, number one? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that something to catch people's attention? You know what I mean? Yeah, along with it? Much, Definitely, yeah. like, to, to, to bring back... You know what I'm saying? The the artistry of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like to it's kinda like like great artists make can make fun of themselves, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? People could bring light to their situation. Not it it's not always a bad situation, you know what I'm saying? But you could bring light to it or something that sticks out, but it, it, it makes you more relatable, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You could joke on yourself. So I mean, we don't give a fuck. Like and, and it, it just helps like build up our profile as well. Like it, it puts people like to see that picture. It's just yeah. funny. Yeah, the picture's dope. I mean, it took me back. I was like, man, I know exactly what it yeah, was. Yeah. Was like, oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. got it, got it. So, like, talk yeah. about the record, though. You know, with the AWOL record and um, working with Justice League, and, and you know, yeah, what I mean? AWOL like is one of my favorite songs we ever made. It's, it was the um, it was low key. It wasn't. The, I think it was the first one that we did for the project. For the project, it's, it's, for that release. Yeah, that's released. Okay. Released, the stuff that's on there. We did some more records that gotcha. made the project, but like. Mm-hmm. I think I think um, Better the Beast was the first one. That was first. I think first. it was this, and then I think I mean, Diamonds was around. That's, I don't know. That's a, that's a weird order. It was it was it was like the beginning though. You know what I'm saying? The beginning of this project was like when we. I don't even think we had went on tour yet. You know what I'm saying? But we came on. We came back. We was on. We was on tour. This is the beat. Oh, okay. Uh, we, was on, yeah. we, we was finishing the soul tour when we met Justice We first started Kingdom, and they sent us a beat right after that tour. And then okay. we were on the next yeah, tour. When I was, exactly. when I was yeah, because we recorded and we came back off the tour. Yeah, we yeah. recorded back off the tour. Yeah, but but uh, it was just, it was the beginning of this it, it wasn't even all that, It wasn't even all this record that it is now. When we first made that song, it was a lot skimper. It was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it was hella skimper. Like, for real. We, uh, it was like, they, they sent us like a rough skeleton of their beat, mm-hmm. which was cool. And we just put some little bars on it, whatever. It wasn't really like all the layers and shit. It was just like literally the like that that initial drum and just the little chords, like the little synths, but like all this all the saxophones and like all the extra bass and all that shit. Like we cranked on there later because we we, we made a song, sent it to them. They said they fuck with it, and we didn't really do nothing with it for like a while. And then we came back to them. It was like, yo, uh, y'all want to like beat this song up and make it like a more of a of a piece, they, yeah, they, they was they, they was all over. Yeah, they was all over. Like, like real artists, you know, say snap at the chance to to push themselves. You know, what I'm yeah. saying so. And they, you know, just leave, man. Everybody know just leave. Yeah, primarily kind of got the Ross, the whole Ross thing. So yeah, they want they wanted to hit some different angles anyway. Like, man, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. So they wanted hit some. It was it was fun. It was a good time. You know what I'm saying. Like, we had a good time yesterday. We did that. We, we finished it at, at like. What was it? Was it Tree Sounds? And we finished it there, like on you know what I'm saying, just to just finishing the different parts and then like it was mixed and everything later. But like, yeah, no, that's that shit was loud, man. That's just it was a fun record to even make. Dope, dope. So you know, um briefly I know we, we kinda um didn't go into the tour with Ab Soul like that. 
was was that like a definitive moment in, in like the early part of your career? I know y'all been like rocking since like. Man, that was a learning experience. So let's, let's talk about like what what specifically did you learn? Like uh, you can't eat everything on the road. Okay, number yeah. one, uh, number two, bro, wait, you can't bro, smoke bro, everything on, on the road. Hold on, hold on, both hold of hold these, on. both hold of on. these. Like the smoking look that you just had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, smoking and eating like, gotta be controlled, bro. Smoking eating gotta be controlled because like max control. Because bro. you'll find yourself on the road for ten hours, and only all you see is Wendy's and and the little love uh, gas stations. Yeah, and you making bad decisions, bro. Yeah. So like your body and all that shit matters, man. Like it was times where you sit on the road, you like, man, what have I done to my stomach? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what have I done? Like when you eat better, you know what I'm saying? You stay light and like shit, it's all you better. Tour for better. You tour better. I mean, okay. it's not They'll even on tour. Like shit. niggas who don't go on tour, yeah, eat me. better, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're right though. You're right though. Like, I, and and yeah, then the smoking and shit, like yeah, we like what happened me? Like we we got you just I'm a I'm a super avid smoker. Like I think everybody yeah. should smoke weed, but we uh we we got we got to Seattle and to got hella back like ounces for free. Like ounces, bro. Like it's my first time getting free ounces in my whole life, bro. Like yeah. we, in, oh, yeah. we in Seattle, oh, and it's just raining down, bro. Like everywhere yeah. we go, like niggas, like like the opening act gave us a zip. Like some niggas we knew played ball, like all, just all type of just, we just getting crazy. So I'm like, okay, cool. This is it. This is what I became a rapper for. <laughs> and then we smoking down the West Coast, bro. By the time I get to like summer of the season, Kelly, I'm so Soul, just my yeah. throat is just torn to pieces, bro. Yeah. Cause I'm just smoking blunt and just being a dirty, you know what I'm saying? Smokers. I'm like, you know what? You really gotta, you really gotta control yourself. Not only do you gotta like control what you smoke, you really, you really like, man, preferably, I, I've always preferred papers anyway, but you know, you on the road, you just getting what you, you can, what you, get, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But like, you really gotta smoke cleaner, you gotta smoke less. And you really, you, I mean, you really gotta just like, gotta even just, just the level of discipline that you learn yeah, on the that's road. The word. It's just, that's the word. That's really what it is. Like, word. like everything just happens. Yeah. You gotta have both. Yeah, like, you, you really like, you, know? you really gotta, you can't, you can't, it's not a party every night, bro. Gotcha. It's not a party every night. Like, that's one thing we thought it was. <laughs> we thought it was a party every night, bro. We had hella and like embarrassing shit happening because we thought it was a party every night. <laughs> and, party and, and, and so now, TDE, that's a tight shit, bro. Yeah. Like, they run yeah. that shit. It's Some an operation, bro. Yeah, they knew it wasn't a party every night. That's a tight shit, bro. We gotta meet all them cats. Kendrick, I don't care. They all, you know what I'm saying? They are Speaking of TDE, one thing that I noticed um, with just how that they run their ship, right? They've always sold their projects, and I'm kind of seeing the same thing with y'all. You know, it's like I mean, know, yeah, it's like if you want to, you want to buy, you can. There's it's a million ways you want to hear for free, but if you want to show love, show love, show love. And is, is that more like kind of setting that precedent? Like, look, this is what kind of condition y'all mind to like. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is how it goes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, this yeah. is what we provide. If everyone free for us, and we gotta provide. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's one free for us to make. Like, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, one one nearly free for us to make, and like that. Shallow Graves was literally a check by check project. Like, gotcha. literally, we was working jobs. To have so enough, enough money, money to get to the studio yeah. to finish that shit, and, and like, and we ne- we never came up. We we still indie. We never came up on no like no no freelance deal out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So everything we do is very like we have to be very dedicated and willing to, to do what it takes to make it happen. So, so you know that takes us to this project y'all releasing it on November sixth, right? Mm-hmm. November sixth. That's Rays for Rabies. I see the title, man. Like I'm a fan of. I don't know who do y'all artwork, but from it's consistent. I don't. I love it. You know what I'm saying? I love love how y'all put the, the message out there in the art. But kind of explain that title, man. Like, what's the... Uh, Strays of Rabies, I, uh, I, think it's, I think it's more about, like, just, just observing, observing how, how, real we, how real a person can be. I not even lost when I, I was gonna say how real we can be. I don't want people think we we as an earth game, I mean like as a person, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's just an album about authenticity, it's just an album about some you know what I'm saying, some inner thoughts, some outer thoughts, some living, some dying, you know what I'm saying? Like you got we got we got lines on there about, you know what I'm saying, what's going on with the people, we got lines on there about calling hoes up to you know what I'm saying? Come through and, yeah. and smoke. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just a variety. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, you know what I'm saying? A very a real personal experience to seeing the eyes through through a young man today. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah, it's like the, the the way the world is today, man. It's so busy, man. Everybody is so instant. You know what I'm saying? It's so yeah. everything is so instant. It's just like kind of like putting all that. You know what I'm saying? Into one delivery. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the the project. It, it it ranges, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's not just sounds. one sound, or it's not just one aim, one angle mm-hmm. that we're trying to come with. So 
like like you said, like it's we we placing it on you know what I'm saying the range of a person, like how truthful can they be? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How righteous or how you know what I'm saying? How then sometimes people fall short. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. With mistakes, and they make mistakes. We all do. We all do dumb shit, but yeah. we we don't learn from it. You know what I'm saying? So that's basically what the what, what the project's about. Oh, and if y'all can like, um, I guess if for for that for that person that don't know Earth Game, right? Like they don't have a clue. They haven't heard a song. What would be that one like record? You know what I mean? That can that everybody that you know they can connect with that'll kind of lead them. On this project to, coming up, yeah. On this, on the new. I would project. say liquor store. Liquor store. I would say yeah. liquor store just because I mean it meets a lot of requirements that people think music need right now. Um, you know, these are all you know, what I'm saying fabrications of, of whatever kind of bullshit people think is the, is the trend, but. Trend and not trend. I, I think Liquor Store is, is probably the song that could, that could reach people. I say Punchinella. Punchinella. Yeah, we got a song called Punchinella. Punchinella Liquor Store can reach any type of person. Gotcha. We're going to reach the kids, man. We're going to reach the kid and you. Cool. And I mean, that that almost like, want, I want to ask that question. Two more questions, because I know we, we got to wrap up. Number one, I haven't asked y'all anything about the Village Village. And like, I know, like, like I said, I, I rocked with Jid. You know, I, I met him that same night. I was introducing the same night at Drunken Unicorn with his record, and you know, I followed his stuff. And I've had a chance to, um, I think, I did a phone interview with Jid a couple of years ago too. And um, both of y'all have been Sunday spotlights on the site uh, where we, you know, shine a little light on y'all, or whatever. But um, tell tell us about that. Like, you guys are a close knit family. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. that y'all got going on, and it's like it turned from crew to like a record label now. Like that's, that's yeah, it is like a label. It's so weird. I mean, I, I guess it's I guess it's a label. It's definitely it's definitely a squad. Like we, like you said, we we, we close knit, man. We all we've been boys for a minute now. You know what I'm saying? Like we all we all started off just because the music brought us to the same place. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you heard such and such record? Oh, you heard such and such? Oh, you ever heard this before? You, ever, you know what I'm saying? Just sharing music at first and then start sharing our own music with each other and then start hopping on our own, like each other's music. And it kind of just became this whole thing where, like, yo, I, you know what I'm saying? I rock with these guys. Like, I don't know why, but that's just, these are people that's, that's around me. You know what I'm saying? And now, and I, and I flow with it. So it's, it's, it's as, as, a, as a collective, I think, we, I think we're doing pretty good right now. Um, I'm saying Earth Game, people like an Earth Game more and more. G is about to go on tour with Omen and uh, the Dreamville tour. He just announced that today in um, Fader. Uh, he's going to take It's a new record today. Yeah, he just dropped a new record. This is yeah, a really good song. He's had, he had it in the, in the pocket for a minute. Yeah, he got Mary Marie like, on there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Black. Yeah. But, uh, and then, you know what I'm saying, we got, we got couple other artists we got part of spill coming up we got jordan bryant y'all haven't really heard much from him yet but he's a super young dude he's super talented mm-hmm. and he's about to drop some 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 big things coming soon so i mean you know i i'm i'm, I'm proud of spill right now like we we done we done a lot as far as the indie outfit goes you know what i'm saying we can claim we could claim like four four tours without being signed to nobody like that's i don't dope. know too many people that could do that that's dope. you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's, that's pretty cool so man finally man like earth game what's your purpose man like what's why y'all doing this I don't know. I'm starting to realize more and more it's not what we thought it was. I thought we used to, we used to just want to rap because we felt like doing it. But now the the more we do it, and the more I guess our name is kind of getting whatever it's getting. We starting to represent lost. a different. Yeah, we represent like a different type of value to people. Like we yeah. represent some to like like I got little brothers and cousins and stuff in high school that see us as like a totally different type of, a way type of situation. Of life, a way you know what I'm saying? Living, we, yeah, we starting to represent more of a lifestyle than just. Than just, just represent a couple you, guys you know that who want to rap, who want to rap, who, who, who niggas who just think they want to be a part of this rapping generation. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It ain't really about that, man. It's about niggas who want to be creative, who want to have impact. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times, niggas think the first way they can do it is by picking up a mic. You know, what I'm saying yeah. following other niggas, but that's basically what we, what we trying to show niggas how to do, man. Follow your passion. You know, find out why you put here your calling to do what you're supposed to do. Dope, dope. Cool, man. Well, look, man, I appreciate y'all time, man. Like, how can appreciate people you. connect with y'all if they want to um, pick up the music? Earth uh, Gang. You can follow Earth Gang Twitter, on Twitter. Instagram, uh, Spotify, Spotify, and Spotify. SoundCloud. Those are four major and, uh Title. Yeah. And okay. Apple Music. And um, Snapchat, Earth Gang. Earth Gang. It's the same thing everywhere you go. Earth Gang is one word, bro. One word. Smart, smart, one word. smart. Appreciate y'all, man. Well, look, man, like I say all the time, man, um, if you got a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes reality. That being said, I'm Jay Good, straight out the den. They Earth Game. Yeah! Appreciate you.